Any ideas on um, what happened to this? Yeah, it was next to the heater under the chair under the. Oh, was it? I'm sure that's what happened. I was wondering because now there's a bunch of puzzles and cardboard and papers under there. Yeah, I, yeah. We need to make sure there's nothing next to that heater because those those heaters start fires. Oh, children's. That's neat. You know one thing I like about the Joe Rogan podcast? He literally mm -hmm. goes into it like, right, just... Just dives in. Just dives in. There's a there's a brief, really quick intro. Uh, like, six seconds. It just is this Joe Rogan podcast identifier, which that by itself doesn't really seem to make much sense because you you know what you're listening to. I kind of like that model, but I know some people like our... Uh, our intro thing. Like our intro music, but I got I got to kind of think about it. I was like, there's really no reason for it. You're not a... I'm still stuck in my old broadcast days. You're not an old fancy radio station type of thing. You know, you don't need theme music or anything like that. Huh. <clears throat> Maybe you should do a poll. You should do a poll. I'm going to leave this whole episode just like this. And we'll find out if people liked it. Like, I just... I will ditch the opening <laughs> music and see what people say. So, guys, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. I'm Molly. And uh, we really appreciate you guys being here. It's been um, it's been a long week for us. Um, not it is Thursday night, in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> yeah. When we're making time at last and to I'm, record. I'm tired. Yeah, we've been I've been siding all day, um, and just siding is in putting siding, siding on, on a shop. Yeah, that giant. My neighbor calls it the Taj Mahal. He's kind of funny about that. But anyway, yes, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is our little effort, Molly and I, at Virtual Hospitality, where we welcome you into the conversations that we're having right now, which we'll fill you in on here a little bit later in the show. And, um, you know, we've got four kids, and we homeschool, and we have 20 chickens now, which is... 19. Really one died. Nine, well, that's right, one died. Lily killed one. And then one uh, really... One died. One really dumb rabbit. So, and then a dog and two cats. Yeah. As far as what you'll hear in the next hour, um, totally don't know. It's in the show notes, though. So if you scroll down, I've got a time-stamped, kind of a topical time-stamped uh, Time travel, map. if you will. Roadmap of the show. Yep. So you can scan through and say, hmm, that looks interesting. Or that looks really dumb. So there you go. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So I've been siding this week. Um, it's Thursday. We did judo two nights this week. And all the things, Lily turns 11 on next Tuesday. Tuesday. She's flying to uh, Maryland with her grandparents to see her cousin, her cousins out there. They just moved out there. So we're celebrating her birthday on Monday night, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Schedule bounced back and forth a few times. I am but. still trying to figure out what on earth to get her for her birthday. She has this very long list, running list of things that she would like, and includes things like a $500 chair. And a new laptop. A new laptop, a, um, a bean, giant beanbag chair, which runs in the several hundreds of dollars, and then uh, a bear rug, a bear skin rug. She did uh, quantify that by saying she did ask me for a bear rug and so I tried 
I tried a little bit to get her one this season, but the weather when I went up there after they got an elk down, because we can't legally bait in Montana, so I use our archers to um, kind of be the bait. They do the gutless method and uh, leave the carcass out there, so a bear will typically find the carcass. But the weather was so bad that it just didn't just didn't pan out. But in her note, though, she said she also wants something fuzzy. So I was like, oh, well, if you want fuzzy, fuzzy's not, I mean, a bear's a fuzzy wuzzy bear. Bears are fuzzy, but they're not like a fuzzy rug. I mean, I go get a fuzzy rug down at Ross Dress for Less. Uh, you can also, Ikea also sells sheepskin rugs. Those are a real popular, or at least when when I was joining Pinterest, um, uh, bear skin rugs were, or the sheepskin rugs were a big Ikea thing for nurseries. But that's that's not going to happen in the next couple of days. We are we are past the window of being but able it's to IKEA. Yeah, we're be, we're past the window of being able to order things. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, tried. So Titus, you guys, Titus has a birthday at a friend's house on tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yep. And we tried like weeks ago. Tito knew exactly what he wanted to get this friend for his birthday. So we shopped around, found what we could, ordered it, and it's still not going to be here until it Tuesday. It shipped yesterday. It's like... I know. It's it's, it's like ordering from old a, school eBay is. or old school Amazon. It's such a bummer. It may or may not show up. Yep. And the good news is we have one hanging on our wall. He's going to roll that one up and give it to me. Is he really? I think okay, so. Good. I was almost like... He said on the way home, he said it was going to be... He felt like it would be... Um, what's the word he used? Not awkward, yeah, but um, uncomfortable or something along those lines. Like if he didn't bring a his present friend in the moment, so, yeah, that's that's fair. I actually so what he ordered him is he it's a judo friend and he ordered him a very specific judo poster that we also have that shows a number of different moves as well as some interesting definitions and things like that. And basically, they're all being printed on demand in China and shipped over here. Whether you order it from Amazon or Etsy, I found one website that claimed they could get it to us in time, but then the website also advertised on the front page that they took all these different forms of payment, and then when you go to pay, it only takes, like, one type of credit card. Oh, jeez. And I was like, Titus, when they advertise that they take PayPal, and then you go to pay, and there's nothing to do PayPal, just feels sketchy to me. I just... I... Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I was having a very strong gut reaction against ordering from this website, but I was, and so I just follow that gut some, reaction exactly. Like some, teaching the kids how to handle their websites. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I've got to work on teaching the grandparents how to handle their websites. That's the problem. Kids and you know the young and the old who I think I'm just going to get off like when I non when I become natives, yeah like when I become my so that and that brings up another conversation that is interesting. I'd like to pull our millennial friends that listen and Gen Z friends that listen to our show as well. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the, when I get old, I think I'm just going to like disconnect from like all of the world, and then I'll have to ask my kids how to pay my electric bill because <laughs> it's only digital, and I won't know what the heck I'm doing. Okay, so yeah, quickly going back to the whole like uh, technology thing. So, Monday night, I am holding a men's gathering at my place. I send out a follow-up email. I say, hey, guys, feel free to park in the driveway, and please leave your devices at home or in your car. And my initial thinking behind that was, was it's simply 
it's just good practice to engage and focus and not have kind of that Constant weird distraction. kind of distraction on you. And then it's also, and I also felt it was fairly harmless and somewhat innocuous. Um, just like, hey, this would be kind of fun, you know? It's kind of my thinking behind it. Well. <laughs> Did anybody so, besides that one guy give you negative There was feedback? one other really funny comment about it. But he was, so here's what, so I, I got a text from one of the invitees. And I almost, I almost messaged everybody on our Telegram group um, to get feedback. Like, is this Essentially, what the text boiled down to was it was a little bit disrespectful to him for me to ask him to leave his device in the car. And so I'm wondering if it's a cultural thing because he's he's Gen Z, very Gen Z. No, he's got to be a... Mm. Gen Z is below millennial, right? Yeah, he might be a millennial. He's a millennial. He's on, he's he's on the millennial. edge. He's millennial. Molly, I have a good millennial friend who he calls himself an elder millennial. He is in his... He's my brother's age. He's like 39 or 40. Mm-hmm. He's got gray hair. He's a millennial. Yeah, but like, millennials weird. go, oh and, gosh, now and we're guy a generational guy. So anyway, going back to that guy, my other buddy who called himself an elder millennial, I mentioned this and he responded with, as an elder millennial, this is this fills me with anxiety. <laughs> what, your, your text? Leaving, yeah, leaving your phone. Leaving your phone home. But and isn't the millennials it, who started the whole thing, well, I guess... He made a joke about it, though. yeah. Um, but wasn't it, isn't it millennials who started the thing of putting their phones in baskets, like when they have a group dinner or something? I thought so. I yeah. thought that was a millennial thing. I did too, and I, but I feel like this particular guy's like on the verge of Gen Z. Like we're getting old, babe. Yeah, I, millennials happening. were born is 1981 through 1996. So anyone who's 27 through 42 is your is a current millennial. Yeah, because he's in his 30s then. Solid 30s. Solid millennial. Uh, Gen Z is ages 11 through 26. Okay. So, which is a, I guess it's only a 15 year, generations are 15 years, basically. Yeah, I mean, I've got, so at this party, I've invited Gen Zers, millennials, and Gen Gen Xers. So, but my point being, guys, and I want to know from your world, is this, is, is there... being asked to leave your cell phone at home disrespectful? And that wasn't my intention at all. And I apologize. I was like, hey, I didn't know disrespect intended. Like, there was none there. Um, but I'm wondering if it's just a way of thinking with younger uh, younger millennials. You know, I after you showed me that text, I was, I was mulling it over too. Because I, what I would probably do... In response to, I'm I'm not a confrontational person, so I would not have responded to you about your text at all if I took it in a way I didn't like. I would probably keep my phone on my person and just not reference it unless I needed to. Because my phone is also how I tell time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like at the ladies thing that I was at at church tonight, almost every single person there across the generations, I'm talking, there were a couple gals there who were probably in their late 20s. And then, or mid twenties, and there were grandmothers there. Across the generations, pretty much everybody had their phone sitting on the table next to them, just so they could check the time. And I got caught. And I was planning to leave around eight, and I got tied up in a conversation. And looked, checked my phone, and it was eight twenty. There's no clocks on the wall in the church basement, and so the only way that you have to tell the time. And if you have these guys, uh, there is a clock on our on our wall in the in our room. In our room, but days. it doesn't work. It never works. It's really funny. Yeah. I almost, I was going to throw it in the trash can. 
We, you should bring a battery and see if a battery would, a fresh battery would fix it. No, I was watching it. It ticks really regularly and then it gets and then to it one goes point backwards. and then just, just kind of goes backwards and it a little goes bit. Backwards. Yeah. Just anyway, that's in, that's in the classroom of the third grade class that we're now teaching on Wednesday nights at our church. Uh, so anyway, uh, I would, if I were a man invited to your group and I had gotten your text, I would not have taken it as disrespectful. I would have taken it as an encouragement to do what I mean maybe this guy has crazy amounts of self-control that you and I lack but I would have taken it as encouragement to please set your device aside like I wouldn't leave it at home because even the the gal who came to my cane of ox on Monday night and had about a 40 minute drive home Mm -hmm. she asked me to have you text Mm -hmm. her husband because her phone died on the way here uh, you know, hey, will you let my husband know that I'm on my way home? Yeah. Um, that's that's the way that we, that I mean, it is wild to think how much life has changed since we were kids, where you, you just got home when you got home if you were a spouse who went out. Yeah. You didn't check in with your spouse, but that has changed even for us. You know, I texted you when I left church tonight. I also checked where you were before I texted you just out of curiosity and you were pulling into the driveway or you were actually you were driving down the street right before our street and the dot I always you guys I am the worst at asking Molly I text Molly where you at and I could just go look at her location on her phone. I never do. I'm just like, hey, where are you at right now? Which is fine. <laughs> but, you know, so, I, so I, I knew where you were. I texted you where I was because I knew the kids would be wondering where I was since I wasn't home when you guys got home. But all that to say, I have, you know, we're checking in. If if you were out late and at a house that I was not familiar with and it was dark, I would appreciate you texting me, hey, I'm on my way home. So it, it's not an entirely no, and uh, I, anyway. And I, I, it, you know, I, I responded as well. I mean, my my. So first, I would have kept my phone in my coat pocket. Yeah, which is totally fine. I and I I told him at the end of the text, I'm like, I'm not going to be a dick to anybody who brings their phone in, like, you know. But I also said, my house, my rules. You know, it's like I'm <laughs> so just you like, are going to be a dick. I'm just like you know what, if you don't, you know. But on this, on this. At the same time, like my first thought was like, you don't have the passport to be giving me this kind of encouragement for one. You know, there was that first one. I was like, wow. Which then fast forward to Wednesday and Molly and I are teaching in, I I almost, and this is, I'm not speaking disparagingly, disparagingly of anybody, just wild cultural differences that I'm not used to yet. Um but we're teaching the third grade class at our church, and we have uh, the gal who taught in a couple years prior come in and give us some updates on some missions things we're doing. And man, um, she was intense, which is in a good way. But just the way she approached the kids was very different than us. And then there was another element of um, a couple other things were happening at church on Thursday and I'm like Wednesday or Wednesday and I'm just like ah. there was some like random enthusiasm thing and then some people were setting up some tables for something I had no idea what was going on that was for the Wednesday the, but I just kind of wondered I just kind of wondered like man am I going to fit in and then after this text I was like am I going to fit in with this culture at all at this church like mm-hmm. it just feels so foreign I mean our kids are loving it praise God you know I mean that's that's a big reason why we're there um but man, it just feels so like 
and I, I don't know what it is. I I can't. I haven't been able to pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly what it is, but there's a definite like. Oh, man, I don't know that I'm a good. I... But then my buddy Drew did say. Early on, he's like, "We are a weird bunch of people." So he did throw that out right away, and he's been going there for 15, 20 years. Yeah, I, it, I've been sensing, feeling some of that as well at church and just in a couple of other areas of life, and and then our Telegram discussion about small groups, um, and I have this tendency to get I just I've done enough research and reading to believe that my nervous system has been dysregulated you can google that if you think I'm a crazy kook I also on Monday night got in a conversation with somebody about parasites and another (laughs) gal who was new was looking on with very big eyes and I was like I'm sorry you just entered weirdsville but I am I have a friend who's doctors. She was she was so underweight. Her doctors couldn't figure out why she was so sick, and she dived into parasites and literally saved her life. Her doctors had said, "You're going to waste away until you die because we can't figure out what's wrong with you." And so she started looking at her poop in a microscope and was like, "I have parasite issues." Figured out how to heal herself, and is perfectly healthy now. She had horrible colitis and as healthy as can be now and she's convinced that the I mean it was wild when I saw her. I remember seeing her as she's going through it she lost a ton of weight yeah. and didn't look super healthy and then all of a sudden she's like looking healthy again yeah yeah crazy she healed herself and she's convinced the root of a ton of modern diseases parasites and the more I google things and watch things on Instagram you know I slam me all you want for being an internet doctor but there are a ton of people who whose core health issue has either been mold or parasites, and they have to completely leave the traditional medicine world in order to find a solution. Anyway, all that to say, this gal on Monday night was like, whoa, I'm not sure what I came here for. She came here for a Canavox discussion about masculinity and femininity, and her parting words were like, you probably have worms in your gut. Like... You know, have a nice 40 minute drive home. Um, Maybe that's actually what makes us a good fit at this church is because we are super weird. We, yeah. No, um, I just, I don't know. I've just had a handful of like, I'm super weird experience reminders in the past couple of days. But I got in a mood to listen to Sandra McCracken the other day. Mm-hmm. And she has so much music that speaks to that and obviously i don't know i have to be in a specific mood to enjoy sandra mccracken even back early when i only knew her through indelible grace music she has this kind of almost whiny way of singing they have to be in a mood for but if you're in a mood for sandra mccracken like it really scratches the itch (laughs) and she um the the song that kept popping into my mind while I was driving around maybe two days ago, I guess it was, what is today, Thursday? I don't know, Tuesday? I don't know. I don't leave my house. Why was I driving around? Anyway, I would, I... You picked up hay bales. Maybe that's what it was. No, that, because that was with Titus. That was yesterday. That And it's straw, not hay. Costco? No, I, I only go to Costco once a month and I haven't been yet. 
I'm trying to hold out until the new one opens. You guys, we get a new Costco. <laughs> oh, there you go. In a few weeks. And it, they open October 19th. And it's going to be super close if I can make I've it on my monthly visit. I've never seen a building go up so fast. It's just incredible. They, they had crews, I guess, working almost 24-7 on it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I had trouble finding the lyrics to the song that was in my head. But it was her song, Abiding City. And she... Let me see. I posted a couple of the lyrics, actually, on my personal Facebook page. Because... I just think it's... And nobody gave me a single like on that. So um doesn't make me feel really good about my life that I didn't get any likes on a post on Facebook. <clears throat> but it's also my first... No, I got one. It's also my first post since, since September 6th. So I'm not exactly prolific there. Uh, but she she's, says, oh, sweet... It's, she's moder- modified an old ham... Uh, Oh, sweet home of love and peace, where pilgrims tired and troubled rest into the home of Zion's leave, where in Jesus' arms we will fall at last. Oh, lift up your heads, for the day is near, and we have no abiding city here. And just the whole thing is an encouragement and a reminder that this world is not your home. We are pilgrims here, and whatever troubles and toils that we face here and um there was a lady that we went to church with years and years ago and i I probably wouldn't use this refrain with my kids but she used this refrain with her kids and i think it was a quote of a puritan which was this life is but a constant death does her kids would be complaining about something about life and she would say this life is but a constant death which is that's true yeah but i don't know that you want to be walking around encouraging people with that hey his life is constant death i mean i in I, good ways and bad you would put it into death your bad self and- yeah i mean i could see myself snarkily saying it to my one child who tends to be the most complaining of all of all my children but i'm not sure that it would be a particularly keep going yeah i didn't want to interrupt you keep oh going. he's clicking something on his screen uh, anyway, I I don't know that refer, repeating the refrain, this life is but a constant death to a child who struggles with seeing the bad in everything and usually goes to bed unhappy because her mind at night goes to whatever has gone wrong during the day or in all of her life. And by the time she gets to sleep, all of life is terrible. At, but at the same time, it is. You know, your car, your car doesn't fix itself. Your car will eventually break down. Your body doesn't get stronger and faster and your mind sharper as you get older. Your mind and your body break down. Your house breaks down. You don't set a vegetable on the counter and it stays good indefinitely there is an expiration date on food for a reason because it rots and molds and goes bad and makes you sick and makes your house smell and you get fruit flies in your house or you know whatever problem you all have with food going bad you leave a cut open cucumber in your drawer and your veggie drawer and it dissolves to mush and liquid this this life because we're in a sin cursed world is constantly moving in the direction of chaos and decay And it takes deliberate 
deliberate cultivation to bring health and life out of that decay to fix the car, to fix the broken relationship, to keep eating more and more protein because your body needs more and more protein to just maintain, let alone build strength, whatever that is. And and, and in a lot of ways, so I've been mulling this over this week as I just get faced with little disappointments or big disappointments. I've had two friends that have been in text conversations this week who were like, I think I should quit homeschooling. This is not good for me. It's not for good for my kids. I'm so tired. I'm such a sinful monster to my kids. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Um, uh, you know, like it is. You're not just a sinful monster to your kids. You're a sinful monster in real life. We all are. Well, and you know, but but it's there's something very, very taxing about constantly being having to be on and being faced with it with your kids. It would sometimes feel so delightful to send them out the door in the morning and to not have to deal with their sinful natures until they walk back in the door at four o'clock in the evening. Uh, it, but so just reflecting, though, that with all of the struggles and the toils that we have, the the idea of Sandra McCracken's song is we have no abiding city here. Don't invest here permanently anyway. And that sense that you and I have been struggling with is this is just a heightened sense of being pilgrims. You know, our the relationships mm-hmm. that we have, especially with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, are eternal. But absolutely, we will never fully fit in in a group. We will never have permanence in relationships as much as I would like for us to... Um, there's a, there's a, um, brand that I follow called Walker Family Goods and it's for some reason they've gotten really popular. They make really good travel backpacks and hip packs and not hip packs, whatever, whatever you call them now that people are wearing hip packs around their chests and gun bags. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You know, when you see a guy with a fanny pack across his chest, you can make assumptions. He's he's armed. Yeah. Uh, um, Walker Family Goods also makes travel duffels. They have a camper van and they travel with, I think, three kids. And one of them, their oldest, uh, is in a wheelchair. So anyway, they... So I have followed them on Instagram because their, their gear seems cool. And maybe someday I'll feel rich enough to spend that much money on a hip pack or a fanny pack but um, totally buying you a 95 dollars fanny pack 195 <laughs> i i don't i actually don't know you guys i'll link it in the show notes okay you go check it out uh and also well don't so here's the deal you don't there's all these homeschool bloggers who have uh who have discount codes to them. So you don't just buy their stuff at retail. You find the homeschool Instagrammer who has a discount code sort of thing. Uh, anyway. Um, so she just posted the wife and that like very, very Instagrammy and they just opened a, a brick and mortar store in Salt Lake. And I was like, Oh, okay. Real pretty blonde 
very Instagram. He lives in Salt Lake. Okay, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. And then she just went on a girl's trip with her mom and her five sisters. And I was like, oh, but... One of the interesting things was she was like, we all are we're getting along on this trip, but that's not going to last forever because we have ebbs and flows in our relationships as sisters. And I was like, that's a really interesting thing to put on your brand's um, Instagram page. Like the, just the reality that you may have a girl's trip at some point in the next couple of years where one or more of your sisters doesn't participate was the kind of the implied uh statement there and but that's real life right and anyway that i just thinking and then today i i ended up having to take the kids to judo and we listened to their music while we're there but then i dropped them off and did a couple of errands and then drove to this ladies craft night at church so i spent about 45 minutes by myself in the car today and turned on sandra mccracken's volume patient kingdom and um what we what maybe what some people don't know i bet most people in our crowd know this about sandra mccracken but she was married to Derek webb and they have a couple of kids together and they both kind of shot to different types of stardom in the christian musical community I think Derek Webb preceded Sandra McCracken in his stardom. Right? Yes, because he was, he was with Cayman's Call. Cayman's Call. Uh, and he was kind of the main voice for Cayman's Call, right? One of the very big late... songwriters, yeah. yeah. Cliff, Cliff and his wife were the other two. I don't remember her name at all, but Cliff, Cliff Burton? Cliff Young. Danielle. Cliff and Danielle Young. Okay. And I Derek Webb. These things. Yeah, so Derek Webb main... was Cayman's Call, and then he broke out... I late college for me, early seminary. So like, like the early two thousands as a as a solo recording artist, and had some great stuff, and then and now he's and that's he and and then Sandra McCracken was Indelible Grace at that time, and now he's I don't know what he is. He's deconstructed and he's bitter and he's married to the lead singer of what's married or dating married they're married oh funny um it's the group that sings the king of love my shepherd is yeah i don't remember the name of that group i am they is that i am they yeah so he's married to the even though he's very post-christian deconstructed very like he and joshua harris have a lot of the same tone in their posts to me if i ever see something that they write they're snarky and bitter and superior and probably very hurting um and there's probably church hurt and there's probably personal yeah he's like a pastor of like last time i saw Derek webb's profile he was like pastor of deconstruction at like some church or i'm like what is that so weird Uh, anyway um gen x or gen y well he's our age right (laughs) yeah i think so um it's a gen x thing to deconstruct your life uh, yeah i guess so uh we're the kind of aren't we kind of the ones that started the whole like let's go into counseling and discuss about all the trauma in our past and how it's affected our lives today so you didn't go to gen x thing probably you didn't go to a public high school or public elementary school but i grew up with we were the generation in the public schools of self-esteem 
So the I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and God, gosh darn it, people like me. I don't, I don't. That's later, but it's that it's that idea. I remember, I still remember having posters on the wall that said, "Have a positive mental attitude, and positive action, and you know, just all these things about thinking well of yourself and choosing to be happy and strong." And I think that that's probably why we're the therapy well, generation because yeah. it's kind of like deconstructing there. your life you know you kind of deconstructed your life a little bit and well and i mean i think also i mean there there were cultural elements at play and then we had uh christian parents who'd grown up in a particular type of christianity and were not necessarily well equipped to uh shepherd our generation into a different world than we had. But I I wonder though too if there's if there is something of a of a weird generational obsession with wanting to um pursue those things or engage with like those things of the past and trying to reconcile all that crap or whatever it is because I was at um Saturday night I did a show down at Thursday Street and at the end of the show, we got all wrapped up. And one of the artists at that show is also the singer, uh, lead singer and songwriter for one of the bands I mix for. And um, that artist invited me um, to uh, a friend's house because there was a, a big gathering downtown, Billy, you know, somewhere down this person's house they're having poker and they did brisket and all having a good time. They're Which like, is sure. so weird. Like they're serving brisket at two in the morning. It was like midnight. He worked. He'd slaved over it all day. These people were, you know, you run into those people who are like, and I know, you, I don't know if you guys listening have um, ever experienced this, but those, you run into those non-Christian people that are like, you were just so amazing. Like you would just defy the whole like total depravity of band thing. Well, almost, it, you know, it, they they embody um, common grace. Yes, they're that's a better way to put it because I totally <laughs> took total depravity wildly out of context, but they embody common grace to the fullest extent these people are wonderful um anyway but this particular artist is a mess like you can just you know they practice therapy full-time as a therapist you know during the day and there's just so much with the songs that they write and everything else and i'm using they on purpose because i know there's people listening to the show that would know who i'm talking about but you know they write the songs about you know the traumatic stuff and it's like it's kind of like this person is is a mess and i mean we're all messes on some level but that person's our age it's gen, straight gen xer and i don't see a lot of millennials running around pining after their past like gen xers kind of did hmm. i guess it's kind of what i'm getting to oh, like i, I feel know. like there's Why a generational obsession with so much but, I, I have well, no idea. But we're not we're not the snowflake generation, right? No, no, we're not the snowflake generation. Like we can we can I mean we grew up sticking our tongues to poles. We grew up without cell phones. Our parents didn't know where we were at. We had no way if, if we broke our leg, we had to figure out how to get home. <laughs> you know? How many times did I come around a corner screaming around a corner on a bicycle, scrape the crap out of my knee, crying and whining. Some mother comes out of a house. She's like, Well, who are you? Where do you live? And Escorting me I home and all the things all the time. I was always hurting myself. Huh. You all still are. Okay, can we let's, go... let's not do that in the past tense. 
I am. I have always been always hurting myself <laughs> for my whole life. No, let, true. Let, let me just, you said, can we go back? Let me put a bow on my thought. So Sandra McCracken's other song that's really been resonating with me is the song Patient Kingdom from the album Patient Kingdom. And I, what I, the reason I was talking about all of the Derek Webb stuff is she has obviously, I don't know what else has gone on in her life, but she has gone through a lot of deep pain. Uh, through a divorce, a husband leaving the faith, all of the brokenness that goes with that, and the, the very public nature of both the divorce mm-hmm. and his... Uh, deconstruction. I was going to say apostasy, but we'll just say deconstruction and let the state of his soul be between him and the Lord. But she she says within the song, Patient Kingdom, when's the last time you felt steady in chaos? Hear the sound when the seed falls to earth. Is it time to give up your destination? Slow me down. Let love do its work. And then her refrain is, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to the sun. Let my soul rise up to meet you. Let that patient kingdom come. Hmm. With that question, I actually, it's right at the beginning of the song, the when's the last time you felt steady in chaos? I actually had to rewind it and listen to that again because I was like, well, that's a really interesting question that I don't have a great answer for. And I was chatting with my friend Addie, I think last week via text, about how we as humans would rather have an outright no from God than a wait. The waiting in the gray is so uncomfortable and indefinite. And that's actually where the more I grow up and get older and just have more uh just more life experience the more i think that the vast majority of life is gray and not black and white in terms of clear answers clear timing real solutions that are lasting to problems where you just have closure and you move on there's just so much gray that we have to walk by faith in And the walking by faith, by its very nature, is I'm not in control and I don't know. (laughs) And those are not real comfortable places to exist as a human being. And so her turn, her phrase, the patient kingdom, and when we pray with our kids every night, your kingdom come, your will be done, that kingdom, the God of that kingdom is patient. He is not in a hurry. And he will let us spool ourselves out and work ourselves into a tizzy in order to teach us that we are his and we are living in his world. Yeah. Um, you wanted to rewind to something. No, I just I was seeing if I had anything that I felt like adding to that. And I, I really, other than the gray... Then just a random comment that popped in my head that I get really irritated. People that are super black and white about life. And I'm just like, you haven't lived long enough. <laughs> but that's my only I, random... I for sure... I, I don't want to project on other people. But I for sure feel 
far less black and white about life in the last, I don't know, five years of living than I did prior to that. It was a, it was a former youth pastor. He was really, really young and was, I was explaining, we were talking about, um, I brought up an aspect of my particular faith journey, my journey with God, my relationship with him. And he just was like, well, that's not, he basically was like, that's not possible. Can't, can't do that. I don't remember what the topic was, but he was like, to the point where it's like, really, dude? Like, that's the, that's my experience and it's totally plausible. And you're saying it's just, it's not even a, uh, whatever. But he was like a 20 something and I was like, I can't, I can't handle you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's also part of patience too and living in love with other people in the body of Christ. I I find myself getting older and older and just being, or more curmudgeon You are for sure getting more curmudgeon It's super funny. Is Uh, it? No, I wanted you to go back. um, Uh, By the way, shout out to Pete, who is not from Whitefish, but from Kalispell. But we're going to say Pete from Whitefish, so nobody knows exactly who he is. Yeah, he he wanted us to preserve his anonymity. He can go incognito. Yeah, super shout out. (laughs) Super shout out. Uh, I did ask his, uh, well, I won't get into it. We had a fun, there was. <sighs> you don't have to, don't get into I'm it. I'm not going to go. You into, wanted to go back to something. I wanted to go back. To, no, I was going to talk about Telegram. Um, Cause there has been a, there was a flurry of stuff on Telegram and dieting. So we struck a nerve or something. Mm-hmm. Eating habits. We can get to that in a minute. Cause we have plenty of time, but uh, no, I wanted to go back to um, right after I mentioned, um, are we really ever going to fit into the culture of our church? You mentioned, you are dealing with some deregulated something. Nervous system. Nervous system. And I didn't know where you were going with that. Well, oh, just, I I have never, in my adult life, never really struggled with anxiety until like the last two to three years. And when your nervous system is always on high alert or is not able to rest and relax and you have cortisol pumping through your body more than you should which is your stress hormone right when you uh when you your brain has trouble focusing settling down when you're easily triggered by noises or by a lot of activity or overly exhausted by um by just what should be just normal activity, normal human interaction, when you have trouble sleeping, those can all be signs of the fact that your your nervous system is not functioning with the normal ebb and flow, which can happen for a lot of reasons. In our modern culture, it happens a ton and it can actually cause real health disorders, especially yeah. uh, a lot of autoimmune issues. If I am understanding the non-traditional medicine research correctly a lot of autoimmune issues uh, can be linked or exacerbated at least to your body not being in a state of rest which is when when you're awake and especially when you're sleep asleep that's when your body does its healing work uh when it flushes your body of toxins when it repairs damaged tissues is when you're actually in a state of rest And so you get physically ill as well as uh, mentally unwell when your body isn't able to actually feel safe 
and resting. And um, I feel like the way, like I have had periods of homeschooling. Again, like homeschooling is really hard. There's all this activity going on. I've got, we have loud kids. I'm trying to manage four kids at once. Usually somebody's upset about something at any given time of the day. And over the last couple of years, I have found myself having to sit down and actually focus on breathing because I'm short of breath and lightheaded because I like am, am not actually breathing and getting sufficient oxygen in my system. Interesting. Um, just from from what should be a normal day in our household, it is very, very unnerving to me. And so like the even the fact that we uh, anyway, uh, just so if you're that's what it means and you're uh, what what so church is these, so what you're saying is church is contributing to that to some extent. Uh, just the the uh, relational conflict that we've had from our old church yeah uh, contributed to a lot of that and what happened so so your brain, has what's called neuroplasticity which means that you you train your your brain inadvertently gets trained in a certain way so the way i explain this to the kids is if you have a pile of sand with like a volcano shaped pile of sand and you pour a gallon of water down from the at the very peak of that pile of sand you have no idea where it's going to go the first time it's going to pour down the sides like lava. You know, you could use lava as an example, too. It's going to pour down the sides and it's going to make channels. The next time you pour a gallon of water down that thing of sand, it's going to follow those same channels and it's going to deepen and strengthen them. And that your brain follows in in particular experiences, your brain creates these pathways and goes down that same pathway more more rapidly and um it's harder to break a habit so one of the really negative ways that the that we talk about neuroplasticity at canavox is with watching pornography so Mm -hmm. you 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 train your brain to be excited by satisfied with particular things the next time you watch it, your brain's like, oh, this is what I need. Brr, and it goes down those same paths and it deepens them. And so that's how one of the ways pornography is actually addictive chemically to your brain as well in some ways that are um, even worse than hard drugs in terms of the chemical reaction that's going on in your brain. But the neuro pathways, the neural pathways that are created when you watch pornography make it a very, very hard addiction to break because you actually are creating a physical, like there's something physical going on, creating uh, links in your brain, linking certain things. And so the same thing is true with, uh, with anxiety. You get in a particular situation or you have some sort of trigger and your brain goes, oh, I know what path to take when this happens. And it's like pouring water on a channel in, mm-hmm. at the top of a little hill that you, you've you already poured that water down so many times that you just automatically, faster and harder, go to the same route of, you know, the kids are getting spooled up. 
I'm I'm going to have an anxious reaction to that, even though there's really no reason for me to have an anxious reaction in this moment. I mean, just in the last couple of days, the kids dug out this remote-controlled Lego car and have been driving it around, and I've had to spool myself down just from the extra noise of this little radio-controlled car buzzing around in our dining area where we're doing school, and that the the dysregulation and the anxiety is actually a physical thing and you know sometimes just like with any anything in life you know you can smell something and have a memory triggered that you hadn't thought of for 30 years right Um, so your brain can be triggered by things that you don't consciously recognize and you because your brain is like oh that's a trigger. I know what to do with that trigger. It automatically moves you into anxiety that uh, you don't even recognize a reason for in the moment. Totally makes sense. Okay. So that that's what I meant by that. Yeah. But um, okay. it's, I would say that a lot of Americans are living in at least some state of, of uh, dis- nervous system dysregulation. And the question then of what you do about that... You drink. Is no. (laughs) That is not a healthy coping mechanism. (laughs) But I will say you create that neural pathway. And, I mean, this is actually... This is Atomic Habits, right? Right. This is 100% Atomic Habits. you You have a trigger. And you can be in the grocery store and at 10 o'clock in the morning and have a trigger that makes you want to want to have a drink in order to deal with whatever that trigger was. And um, and so you, yeah. No, what I'm saying is that if you if you go down the, the pathway of the most of the people in the world who are talking about nervous system dysregulation, you get into a lot of new agey, um, energy field, um, uh, so what are you doing? Sort of what are you doing to to counteract that? Um, so for me, a lot of it has been uh, just having our lives slow down. Last year we slowed our lives down a lot, and this year we're not doing any co ops or anything like that. So just truthfully, <laughs> actually staying home more, just the stress of getting out of the house is really challenging for me a lot the getting everyone loaded up getting everyone finding shoes i mean just it's so chaotic trying to get four kids into a vehicle to leave the house um fortunately our older ones are old enough now to be helpful not just manage themselves but be helpful with the younger ones but um but so so deep breathing, like if you, you can find breathing exercises on like YouTube, especially, uh, you breathing in through your nose. I don't know how the science of how all this works, right? Like I'm just an internet person. I, I'm not actually a knowledgeable person. I just spend a lot of time in the internet, but, uh, we, says, says every podcast expert ever. When, when you breathe through your nose your body actually produces chemicals like nitrous oxide that it doesn't produce when you're breathing through your mouth. So focusing on breathing through your nose and breathing deeply. There's a real reason we make fun of mouth breathers. 
Uh, we don't make fun of mouth breathers. We we are concerned for them. No, you guys, for real. Oh, sorry, guys. Do I'm feeling snarky. Mouth breathing is so bad for you. It's bad for your physical features. Like, it actually changes your bone structure and your tooth structure. Mouth breathing. It also decays your teeth faster. And also dysregulates your nervous system because you're not breathing. Your nose also filters... Your, your breathing through your mouth does no filtering. Breathing through your nose filters all sorts of stuff out. All, you know, germs and particles and um, and also triggers the production of nitrous oxide, which is a calming thing and also is beneficial for your heart. And um, so, so literally just training myself to sit and breathe deeply through my nose when I'm feeling anxious is a really good one um and anyway that that's probably the biggest um, thing that, that I does say. that does remind me of something i want to i would i would recommend to you guys to listen to um my wednesday morning group uh one of the guys in my group suggested that we listen to uh, a joe rogan podcast with a philosopher um, by the name of stephen c meyer and so we did, and it was fantastic. In fact, I downloaded his latest book on audio, The Return of the God Hypothesis, um, to listen to. And it's so Molly's talking about all of this really wild stuff, like just the, the design of the nose and how it works with your physiological system. Well, in the, in the Return of the God Hypothesis, he makes three scientific arguments that prove uh, that make the case for intelligent design. And in this Joe Rogan podcast, he explains those three things. And it was a fascinating listen, fascinating enough that I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta read this book. Um, he is a doctorate of philosophy and in science. And, um, the book is dry. I made it through three chapters on audiobook while I was working on the siding and then had to go listen to something else. Cause I was, <laughs> It took a minute. Like I was, I was, was I was mis. Well, I was also mismeasuring. So my brain was engaged in this book and not engaged somewhere else, like it should have been. <laughs> um, but it, in but I, you can easily work with the uh, with the podcast. And Joe does get kind of Joe Rogany there towards the end, um, or partway between, and then he goes on some weird tangent about mushrooms. And psychedelics and experiencing Jesus or something like that. It was pretty funny. And Stephen's response is like, I I don't know, Joe. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so it was a great episode. I'll link that in the show notes too. But um, the book is, it's really cool to hear, um, hear a really good argumentation on... The reason for God. Well, on intelligent design. Mm. Like, we hear so much, the culture decides to throw out of so many other areas that science is anti-God, 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 anti-God. And he points out in several instances of the book where um, many of these scientists that these, New, it, new Atheism was a big um, a big push for that, Christopher Hitchens mm -hmm. and yeah. kind of the New Atheist movement. Um, but they take these original scientists that created some of these things, like Isaac Newton, for instance, or, um, gosh, it's late at night. He, he listed a pile of others in the book. But some of the classics from that Renaissance, 16, 1700 European movement, 
Um, their foundations for setting up these methods that we use in t- contemporary modern science, their foundations for exploring the world mm-hmm. were based because on they were based on a Christian ethic. They had a an understanding of of Christianity that in God that encouraged them to take these routes and go these places. So um, it's really really good. And he talks about the historicity of some of the stuff in the first couple of chapters. He does get deep, and it can be dry. But it's really good. Like it's like one of those things you just put back there and kind of take in bits and pieces mm. and chunks. I guess maybe a little bit. But the podcast is really interesting, and the only reason I say that is because it's something I listened to this week. Molly was talking about her nose. Um, <laughs> you were, and I was like, like "Hey, yeah, what a cool design! What a cool design! Your nose filters stuff, and your mouth does not." Um, okay, let me just throw one more thing. When you were talking about. Uh, the scientists of yore. I just read this article on the Gospel Coalition, and I thought it was quite good. It's called Why Christians Need Philosophy. And he has a couple of quotes. Oh, it was when you were talking about how science, supposedly science and religion these days are antithetical, and, you know, we're anti-science for believing in, in good design. And he says, it. one of the quotes, now I'm trying to scan through, and um, and find it, but he basically said, "Oh, theology is the queen of the sciences, and philosophy is her handmaiden." Uh, mm-hmm. Was one of the great quotes because all truth is God's truth. There's perfect harmony between general and special revelation, and then he he discusses a couple of uh, throughout church history, Christians have used conte- concepts from Platonic and Aristotelian philosophy to make theological distinctions. This hasn't occurred on a small scale, but on a large scale within Nicene Orthodoxy and the theological traditions of both Augustine and Aquinas. So these Christian thinkers are revising and correcting earlier philosophical formulations based on God's word. And anyway, the idea that just another turning a slight corner from where you were talking about. What's his name? Stephen? Mm-hmm. Stephen C. Myers. Stephen C. Myers. Uh, C is the initial. C is the initial. You're saying it like it's one word. C. Myers. Sorry. Stephen, Stephen C. I mean, that's how you look him up. Period. Stephen Myers. C. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I I just sent J.R. a link to this because it's It's Meyer. Say, M-E-Y-E-R. Not okay. Myers. Meyer. Stephen Meyer. Uh, anyway, I... I appreciated the the uh, encouragement to actually enjoy philosophy, if that's your bent, and to understand how necessary it is. Because like the people who say, well, I'm not a Christian, so I don't approach this with a particular worldview. And you're like, no, 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 no. you have a worldview, the, which is, what are we here for? How does the world operate? How do we determine right and wrong? You have a worldview. You just are right. not explicit about it because you think that you you're rejecting something, but you you're approaching the world with a particular <laughs> view, and um and so he's saying let's let's be really clear about it and use philosophy to our benefit. Well, there's so much that can be the. F- philosophical angle there's so many arguments that are just null and void because philosophically they don't work even going back to the days of like aristotle right but speaking of which um i'm just kind of chuckling at the wikipedia entry that came up when i punched in steven steven c 
and then he came up. Um, he is an advocate of the, ready for this? He is an advocate of the pseudoscience of intelligent design and helped mm -hmm. found. I'm like, okay, if intelligent design is a pseudoscience, then you need to talk about evolution as being a pseudoscience too. Like, come on. And in fact, he But may Wikipedia would think of themselves as neutral, right? right. They're they not would think of themselves as neutral, but I, I guarantee if you look up somebody else in there, well, I don't guarantee that. But I'll bet if you look somebody up, they wouldn't call evolution a pseudoscience. They would call it a science. Right. And it's so funny because even in this article with Rogan, he's, or this interview with Rogan, he was saying in 2016 or 2017, he went to a conference of some of the leading philosophical scientists and um, origins of the world universe sort of conference. Uh -huh. There's these nerdy conferences out there. And he said all the leading thinkers are rethinking. They're like, Darwinian evolution doesn't work anymore. Like, all of the latest understanding and the latest development we have like, it doesn't work. Like, it's not fitting anymore. So we have to adjust. And he said, but you can't be a scientist and not adjust. It's the whole point of being a scientist. Right. You know? And if you're fixed on these things, you can't, you know. And so it's just like, listening to a philosopher of science talk about these things was very interesting. Um, in terms of, because, I mean, he has that whole, the whole way of thinking about it. And the way mm -hmm. of discussion and argumentation. I stuff. am just looking up really quickly, just for my own amusement perhaps how long the audiobook is oh his audiobook yeah 17 hours <laughs> it's huge oh my goodness i don't know that i'm gonna i would have the patience it's no huge. the return of the god hypothesis yeah is 18 hours oh, and 18 40, and 49 all right. minutes all right so that's almost 19, 19 hours <laughs> that is a lot of that's um, a long time uh but, you know, do it in, in little chunks, I guess. I'm going to do it in little chunks. It's going to be one of those books that I'm just going to be working through for the next couple of years, I think. But um, <sighs> I need to work my way to bed. We've only been going for like 33 minutes now. No, we haven't. We started recording at like 9.45. Your recording must be wrong. Because I came down here at about 9.30. Well, there were missing whole sections of the show. Oh, no. That's I've kind of been looking at the clock and looking at this going, why does this feel like it's been dragging on? We started recording well before 10 o'clock, and it's 10.48. Well, I know we did. It says about 33 minutes. I think we should wrap up, and then you're going to have to re-listen to all of it tomorrow. And figure out what's What if missing. I hate listening to myself? I do. <laughs> That's why I added the show, you guys. We don't have any idea what's going on, because it's... 1048 at night and uh, everything else um anyway we've included so we'll close the show we've included a lot of links in the sh in the in the show um so i'll throw those up in the show notes look down in, in those and you can find them um i referenced this earlier but there was a huge discussion on telegram about diets and eating and and that was a really really fun uh engagement i kind of wanted to get to that with this show obviously it didn't happen so um we won't and um, we are a weekly podcast. We'll try to be with you every single week. Um, we're not consistent about it, which is horrible. I realize we need to be consistent about it. Um, in the meantime, keep subscribed to us so you know when you get the latest uh, latest uh, drops. And if you uh, want to, you can also subscribe to us on our website. I post all the new episodes up on our blog. And while you're there, you can order a People Are Weird and Hard sticker. Because as you can tell, we are really weird and hard. 
people were around are really weird and hard and everybody is really weird and hard so that's that there we go I guess that's it for now yep I'm tired yep thanks for hanging with us guys <laughs> if you made it this far whether it was over an hour or 33 minutes remains to be seen and we will hopefully talk to you all next week <laughs>